In the great bowels of the internet, there are assembled the world's two most prodigious podcasters created from the cosmic legends of the universe. Joe, a chubby Italian nebbish with a slamming tan, and Gomez, a Puerto Rican, when convenient, who doesn't speak a lick of Spanish. Their mission combine their love of all things pop culture to present the most important podcast on the planet. When their powers are assembled, they form the mighty Car Joe-Man! Welcome to episode 255 of the Carl Jomez Podcast. I'm Mez, and my co-host as always is... I'm Joe of the Carl Jomez Podcast. Yes, you are. Hey, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good, Gomez. We got some good feedback on last week's episode. Everyone stopping through at all our social media accounts, mm. at Carl Jomez on Twitter and Instagram, and of course... Through the email at carjomez at gmail.com. Yeah, I was going to ask you how uh, that He-Man episode was doing. Is anyone angry at you? You getting you getting shit from the He-Man bros? On the contrary, mon Ooh, frere. Nice. People seem to be in agreement with my opinions. Um, I Like I said, I think the people who are genuine He-Man fans and have kind of stuck around throughout the years... This is kind of something that was needed, almost like a little bit of a refresher, a little bit of a palate cleanser. But for the people who have kind of been on the fringes for all these years, they came expecting one thing and they they didn't deliver. And that brings me back to what the main point was, just that Netflix dropped the ball by only giving you the five episodes and ending it where they did. Sons of bitches. Goddamn Netflix. They don't do anything right, those bastards. No, and you know what they did this week? Uh-oh, what they do now? <laughs> they released the chapter three of the Transformers series that they've been doing. Like, just like out of nowhere, I didn't even know about it until I saw one of my friends tweet about it. And I was like, oh, hello, when did this come out? Because, you know, I'm Mr. Fingers on the Pulse here, and I didn't know. It's interesting. You would think maybe after you watch He-Man, they'd be like, here's a show you might like, and it's coming back next week. God forbid. <laughs> uh, apparently not, Gomez, but Netflix did do something right. Ooh, what was that? You know, last year, we talked a little bit about a show called Love is Blind. Yes, we did. It is possibly one of the top Two shows in the history of television. Wow, prestige, uh, baby. Yeah, <laughs> they really knocked it out of the park. I would say it's probably the greatest dating show ever and the best reality show ever, the best television show ever. It's It, it crosses all the T's and dots all the lowercase J's. <laughs> and what they released was three additional episodes that they've entitled After the Altar where they get like a the cast reunion back together to celebrate the two-year anniversary of the two couples who have actually gotten married and stayed married in this time. Oh, reunion specials are always fun. Oh, and and fun and dramatic. <laughs> 
Wow. So I'm surprised right off the bat. You're telling me two people met on this show and they actually got married? That's crazy. No, not two people. Two four, couples. Four people got. Wow. That's four. crazy. One, two, three, four. <laughs> four people. Ah, ah, ah. That's crazy because like The Bachelor, was it like five people have been married on that show after 30 years? Yeah, who knows? That's great. Was um, did they mention anything about season two, or was this just? Yes, strictly... they did. Oh, yes, they did. These good. sons okay. of bitches. Damn. They, so at I'm the happy end, and sad. Oh. At the end of the last episode, they go, "Love is blind." Will return with season two. Okay. So at first, my heart leapt bounds of joy. Of yes, the show is back. And then. My heart came crashing back to earth because I realized that they have not responded to my application. But maybe there's still time. Maybe they're just letting you know it's coming back. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe they're just like, hey, the show's coming back. We just have to contact Joe from the Car Jomez podcast and get him to sign on the dotted line and, and be the star of this show. I can't imagine that... Uh... This takes long production-wise. Like, I'm sure they bang out these shows one, two, three. Here's three weeks. Oh, I'm Bing, bam, sure. boom. And yeah, two weeks. if even that long. <laughs> like, you know. So, there, there's definitely a chance that you could And the thing is, too. I agree with that. And I think I have enough vacation time at work to take the time <laughs> off if needs be. Love is blind. I'm calling for you. I am so good in situations where you can't see what I look like. Would Take this you... podcast, for example. <laughs> Number one, baby. Would you go to work and tell them you just need off, or would you tell them you need off because you will be a star on a Netflix show? I would just say I need off. Okay. I'd be like, oh, I need to put in some vacation time, and I'll be back. But don't worry. I'm just having hair replacement surgery. That's That would be my excuse. <laughs> uh, I, I would say, hello, boss. Joe here. You may know me from such jobs as the job I do. And I, I will be needing a couple of weeks off to go have hair restoration procedure in the Dominican Republic. I love it. The best is you probably will have that conversation one day with your bosses. <laughs> You know, as every day that goes by makes it a little more invasive of a procedure. And now I, I don't know if we've reached the point where it's like, you know what? You did all you could, but it's time to just shave it all. It's all right. You, you look handsome no matter what, Joe. I am the herald of handsomeness. I'm hashtag handsome boy. Hashtag handsome boy. Here you are. Um... <coughs> Did you watch any of Sexy Beast? I know that dropped on Netflix. So I, I wasn't able to get to Sexy Beast yet because we had a very full week of stuff yeah, we're going to we talk did. about today. And I was really full. I was like, I have to watch Love is Blind. I couldn't no, I not watch it. I understand. That's number one in your heart. I got you. I, it's just such a terrific concept. And now I'm attached to the people involved. And some of the situations that went on in these reunion episodes, I'm sitting there like viscerally yelling at my television. Like, how dare you, Damien, bring this other girl to the reunion party when you know 
You know Giannina is gonna be there. And listen, I don't. You're not married. You're together, but you're not together. But you still have a relationship. And you're gonna bring this hoochie Francesca from Netflix is too hot to handle to this show. Oh, really? Cross promotion, huh? Apparently, oh, apparently, <laughs> Damien from Love Is Blind and Francesca oh. from Too Hot to Handle have the same agent. They met. They were kind of seen. They they keep talking about the paparazzi, you know, catching them, which is hilarious to think that these people think they're big enough stars. Where like all of a sudden they're being stalked by paparazzi. Oh, paparazzi. I I never seen no article or headline that ever said stars of, of love is blind. I never seen that once in my life. I know. I like I'm watching it. And I go settle down, princess. Die. But, like, he still got this relationship going with the other girl from this show. They were engaged to be married, and then he uh, said he does not on the show when it came time to, to meet at the altar. He did not do. So she, like, took off running, and now they, they tried to get together. They're, they're kind of back together, but they're not, but they are. But they don't know what they are. And then he has the gall. To invite this other girl, Francesca, to the party. And she's like, well, am I going as your date or a friend? And he's like, eh, well, we'll see where the night goes. Like, like, what do you... Th- uh, bro, what? bro, fuck you, Damien. <laughs> Damien, uh, Damien Powers oh of Netflix's Love is Blind. <laughs> you are this week's winner Oh, fuck boy of the century. What an achievement. Fuck oh my boy goodness. of the century. That's you, Damien. <laughs> you know, there's a show on HBO Max called F Boy Island. I don't think they're allowed to say fuck boy. So it's F. Yeah, you can't say fuck boy Island, but I, I saw it's hosted by Nikki Glazer. Oh, boy. That, that makes me want to watch. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I haven't heard good things, though. I've heard it's not so good, which is sad because I know you like your... Your ratchety kind of uh, dating shows there. Oh, all about it. All about it. Yo, just Gomez, what goes through your head? You're you're an adult. Sometimes. You've been in relationships. You've you've had interactions with people. Sometimes, yeah. Let's say you are in a relationship, but maybe not. Maybe it's up in the air. But you know, whatever it is, it definitely isn't nothing. Are you going to go to an event where you know that this other person will be and bring another girl with you and then just say, oh, we're, we're just kind of friends and then like leave them to talk. And when the new girl gets upset that the old girl is like, yo, step back. That's my man. And she's like, I don't need to be spoken to that way. And he tries blaming it on the first girl. Meanwhile, he's the one that brought you here in the first place. Who didn't know this was going to happen? That's, you bring that girl, you know no good is coming from that. He was looking for it to act surprised. Get out of here. This guy is a real fuckboy, I got to tell you. Fuckboy of the century. No wonder you like that show. <laughs> Watching this fucking piece of shit. Yo, I swear to God, I come off like a real Cyrano de Bergerac when I look at these what people. What a reference, bro. Oh, my god. Yes. <laughs> I am the Cyrano of civility. Oh, man. Well, I'm very happy. 
I'm happy your show sound like it really came through. It, it delivered exactly what you oh, wanted. I'll tell you what, it it was a roller coaster of emotions. There there were there were some great laughs. There were some some real tears, and you know I'm. I'm just happy we all made it out and we were able to do it. Do we it. think the married people? We think we think they're good. They're gonna make it. Oh, definitely not. Well, I think oh. one couple actually will. Okay, definitely not. It was I, so I, fast. I, so I think Cameron and Lauren are, you know, strong. They're a strong couple. But our double man, man Barnett, who was kind of like the uh, the most in demand guy during the season. There were a bunch of girls who were. Like kind of volleying for his attention and his his uh, to be the object of his affection. He ends up with this one girl, Amber. Now Amber seems fun. Amber's, <laughs> you know, she's spunky. But the thing is, Amber has the ambition of a gnat. She. <laughs> What I get out of Amber is that she just wanted to get married so someone would pay off her student loans and get her out of debt. <laughs> uh, that's one reason to get married. I mean, so uh... <laughs> she wins Barnett. She gets Barnett to sell his house, use the money to buy her out of debt. And now they live in a small apartment with a roommate, mind you. Wow. And. And he goes to work every day and just leaves her in bed to do nothing. Interesting. He made this choice, huh? I mean, she must be. He uh, he made this choice. And now, like, she's kind of busting his balls for kids. And he's like, you know, like, we're not really set up for that. We live in an apartment. We have a roommate. Like, yes, and she's roommate. like, <laughs> you know, and, and then she's like, I want kids. I, you know, why, why does he get to say when or when not? Like, oh, my uh, yeah, that, so that'll be how season two starts. Update. Yeah, se- season two. Barnett ran out of money, and Amber ran out of Barnett. Oh man, oh, some people they do it to themselves, bro. <sighs> they most certainly do. <laughs> assholes. Speaking of assholes, Joe, we watched a documentary on HBO Max. Yeah, so you brought this to my attention last week. I was immediately interested. Because it was a very big event in my lifetime. I was there in person. First-hand account I can give you. It's crazy. We're talking about Woodstock 99. Love, Peace, and Rage. Available on HBO Max. Uh, It's a series. So there's going to be other episodes uh, about other, I guess, historic music events. Uh, This one was about Woodstock. It's about two hours. And boy, oh boy. See, uh, that's what... At first, when I heard it was a series, I was very confused because I thought it meant it was a series about Woodstock 99. That's what I thought at first. I was like, oh, a series? on I mean, I know it was crazy, but how many episodes are we going to do about it? And that's the thing. When the video was two hours long, and I'm sitting here going, wait a minute, this is supposed to be a series? Like, what are you going to do? Like, multiple? two? Like, what else is there? It's not. So every episode is going to be something. I think there's six episodes coming. They don't have a thing. Like, it's not going to be a week or so. I don't know. And they haven't announced what the episodes are about. So, interesting. And HBO, <laughs> sounding like Netflix over here. Well, I, I believe this is the uh, this is Bill Simmons behind it, right? 
Yes, it is. The Ringer Films presents, and his name ah. is like the like the last thing you see right before it starts. The credits roll, and it says, "Created by Bill Simmons." It just stays there for a little extra long. I'm like this guy. <laughs> I I mean, the world's most accomplished blogger, right? He's got to be. He is someone. I'm not saying he's not a talented writer and stuff, but the man has fallen into shit by surrounding himself with lots of great people. That have brought his stock up because if you listen to this guy's show, he's a fucking idiot. <laughs> I tell you what, both you and I were Simmons guys for a long time. But I mean, I, pro- I want to say years ago now at this point, like I jumped off the bandwagon. Like I was just like, I can't take this guy anymore. I'll still listen depending on the guest and stuff. And because I like basketball, so it's a lot of basketball talk. But anytime he's talking about movies, I'll just like cringe because he's the self-proclaimed horror guy who then someone names a, a, a very big horror movie recently. He's like, oh, I haven't seen that one. Oh, what's that? It's like, shut the fuck up, bro. Stop trying to be cool. Whatever. Fucking loser. He's a he's one of those guys who thinks he's better than the other nerds when he's just a nerd of other stuff. Like, he makes yes. fun of you for playing Dungeons and Dragons. Meanwhile, he's fucking doing the extra nerdy shit in the corner, too. It's like, bro, you're not one of the cool kids. Stop it. Yeah. Oh my goodness. But enough of him. Let's talk about something good. <laughs> Woodstock 99. Gomez, I so I had just graduated high school. That would place you as what? Like, you would have just finished what? Like, sophomore year? Yeah, I graduated all one. I know you're a big music guy, a big concert guy. Was this ever on your radar oh, to possibly attend? Of course I wanted to go. Of course I wanted to go. That lineup? Metallica, Limp Biscuit, Chili Pe- Oh, my goodness. It was perfect. Uh, of course, my mom said, you are out of your fucking mind. You are not going to this show. And looking at the, the video, I'm glad I didn't. Not because of how crazy it got but i didn't know there was fucking half a million people there that just looks like the worst thing ever oh my goodness so many people so i uh i didn't want to go like i i knew about it i knew it was happening but at at no point was i ever like oh man i have to go to this and then i got a call from a buddy who was a year older than me and him and two other guys I knew were planning on going. And they're like, hey, do you want to come with us? And I was just like, geez, I, I don't know. Like, do I have the money? Because I think a ticket at the time was like 170 bucks or something. And and I was working for $5.15 an hour in a Burger King. Right, so work for a month. <laughs> yeah, like that's legitimately what it felt like. I mean, that was a lot of money. And then I was still living at home, so I didn't know if, like, I was going to basically have permission to go. But my mom was shockingly cool with it. And so I just, by happenstance, just happened to fall into a situation where I got to go. Now, before we really dig into a little bit of the meat and potatoes of this movie and the experience of it, I just want to say that my Woodstock experience is very different (laughs) from what is portrayed in the movie. And the reason for that is because I did not camp on site. Lucky bastard. One of the guys we were with had a grandfather or something who was, uh, he was a mason. So it's like the stone cutters from the Simpsons. And they said, who gives Joe from the Car Jomez podcast a room and board? We do. We do. And, and that's pretty much what happened. We... I don't want to say it was like a 
a hotel room, but for all intents and purposes, it really was. We had beds and showers and rooms and bathrooms and places to heat up food, so I did not have to live in piss and shit for a weekend. Joe basically had an Airbnb at Woodstock. It sounds great. Yeah, they had... They had some kind of a like retreat home or something within, I want to say it was maybe a 15 minute drive. And so we just like drove over every day and then we'd go back to the, 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 the room and, you know, sleep in a bed and take showers and stuff. It was, it was nice. It was nice. (laughs) So unlike uh, Joe, Everyone stayed at this campsite for three days, was it? Was it Thursday? Was it Friday, Saturday, Sunday? Did it was a there? Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, I, personally, I remember getting there Thursday night. I was going to say if, if there was anything that, that night before. Okay. So I don't really know if there was anything going on, but I remember we, so we had gone to the rooms first, dropped off our stuff, went out, a little shopping, get some drinks, something to eat. And we said, hey, let's take a ride over to the venue and, like, see how far this Air Force Base is. Yeah. Because this was in uh, Griffiths Air Force Base in Rome, New York. It was like a seven-hour drive from where we were in Queens yes, to get there. it was a long drive. And it didn't feel like it, man. When when you're young and just excited about you're something. You're just chilling, like, fucking making stops, listening to music, yeah. bullshit. We always drove. Like, we- like now, nowadays, a 20-minute drive to work feels like forever. Um. And don't get me started on the four-hour drive to go see my parents that I refuse to make at this point. <laughs> um, but that night, so we take a drive over toward the Air Force Base because now a lot of people are getting there to set up their, their tents and their camps and stuff because yeah. they, they get there. The show is starting uh, Friday. I want to say it started Friday about noon. I think, I think midday, yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, James Brown was the opener. He I, opened the whole weekend. I believe so. It was very funny. <laughs> and because I, re- I remember that was like the first act I saw was James Brown. But I want to say we were there like on time. Um, But the so that night it felt like a parade. Just like this ca- this convoy of vehicles going down these roads in Rome, New York, which weren't used to seeing this many people. You had like the local residents lined up on the side of the streets in lawn chairs. Like it was a parade. <laughs> I get it. I believe it though. Yeah. Middle of nowhere. So, you know, like I'm 17 and I'm, I'm me, you know, I wasn't much different then. <laughs> so my buddy opened the sunroof on his car and I just like stood up through the sunroof, started waving and, you know, like calling to the people like on the streets and stuff. And people would be like, hey, that's Joe from New York. Like, hey. <laughs> so that that was what I remember, like how I remember it starting. And uh, I want to I want to say the Madonna cover of American Pie had just come out because that was uh, like I, I, I feel like. I, oh, it was uh, Ricky Martin living La Vida Loca was like on the radio every five minutes. And there was a Madonna song, too, that were like. Basically, Ricky Martin would play, and then Madonna would play, and then vice versa. Um, but like that's that's how my weekend started was remembering that, like going through the street and thinking it was like a parade, and just these people lined up on the sidewalks just to watch regular people come in through their town. Just cars, like it was just cars such, driving. Yeah, just just cars <laughs> driving on their local roads. It was absurd. Oh, 
<laughs> but now the movie itself basically gets started with just like the whole setup, like all these, you know, the biggest acts of the day, MTV having a setup and how big MTV meant to pop culture at that point in time. Crazy. Yes. Like, I don't know anyone that watches MTV at this point. I don't know if you do. I mean, uh, I guess once in a while, I guess you flip through, right? And Ridiculous is always on. So I know some people that leave it on, laugh a minute and change it. But no, no one's sitting there watching MTV like that. Like MTV used to be destination programming at that point. You came home and put on MTV. Yeah. uh, Carson Daly, Total Request Live. You always uh, wanted to see like what was number one. I don't know if you remember, there was a time where, like, a chain email went around to all of us who were using AOL 3.0 back then. Yeah, new kids on And the it block. was like, I was just going to say, it was on this day, we're all going to flood the MTV TRL server by voting for new kids on the block. And they did. <laughs> and, and, they, and, and we got it up to number two that day. It was crazy because it's like it actually worked, which is crazy to think about. Now you could organize something like that easily. But back then, that was that was wild. Yeah, it, it, that, would was that like the first like internet viral thing? It's like, gotta be. Think about it. That's it's insane that that you know the worked. internet call to arms. Love it. See that we're important people. So and it it starts off. There's a lot of uh, interaction with the the two guys who created the event and actually ran the event, the original event back in '69. They did the one 25 years later out in Saugerties. Um, and then this one, obviously, in 99, which was only five years later. And uh, if I remember correctly, at one point, the one guy, uh, the one promoter with, like, the curly hair who yeah. looks like he wanted to be Jim Morrison. <laughs> um, at one point, like, during the weekend, he, like, came out on stage and he's like, yeah, we're having such a great time. We're going to do this every five yeah, years. Yeah, they wanted to and- make it an every five-year thing. And, like, I remember, like, being there and, like, doing the math in my head and going, okay, in five years I'll be 22. That I feel like I'm still age-appropriate for that. Uh, and then, okay, five years after that, 27, I could probably still get away with it, but that would probably be the last one I'd be able to go to. Um, so funny. <laughs> like, I, like, that was a very clear memory as I was watching the movie. You know, just like it was weird how it started triggering different memories. And, like, I, I was that, like, yeah. oh, like, like, you know. Be fun. <laughs> But one of the biggest things was how poorly, how poor the infrastructure was for this event with the heat. Well, that was the lack of available water. I think the heat. If it was a regular ass day, I think it would have been a little better. But it sounded they made it sound like it was just death. It was hot, like very, very, very hot. And then it had the asphalt from the from the air base was yes cooking shit and. And the thing is, so I remember they there were two main stages yes. that were basically on a completely opposite apart. sides. <laughs> it was like a mile yeah. Apart. And the thing was, uh, myself and the the guys I was with, we didn't venture out to the second stage. I was gonna ask if you had a plan because the stages were so far apart. If if you thought maybe we need to be here for this time, there for that time, or you just basically said we're just fucking staying right here because it's too crazy. We so. If I remember correctly, we didn't really know who was playing where. There was like kind of a calendar, like a like a board, yeah, like you would see at Warp Tour or whatever. But like at first, you didn't know where it was because it's not like you could even see the stage from like when yeah when you the walk entrance, in the stage is yeah. all the way on the other side yeah. <laughs> 
So we kind of just got comfy. I remember the first day we just kind of sat on the lawn in the back and just kind of enjoyed the show. Um, who do I'm trying to think of like some of the band. I like, I distinctly remember seeing James Brown, which I thought was cool. Oh, uh, Kid Rock. Yes. Uh, live. Um, um, I, I, I think this was day two. I saw like Elvis <laughs> Costello. They definitely, the lineup was Jewel. all over the place. I mean, I get trying to blend, yeah. and concerts do do this now. You look at Coachella and Lollapalooza, they're all a rap act with a this act, but this was really all over the place. They really were trying to blend. So sure. speaking of a rap act, your your favorite rapper and mine, oh. DMX. Oh, iconic performance, bro. Now, Now, here's the thing. This movie paints his performance in like, yo, he owned that crowd and like and then like watching it, I'm hearing the crowd like respond to everything he says yeah. and and know his lyrics. But I remember at the time being there and having a whole bunch of people all over going, what the fuck is this shit doing at this concert? Like, I believe that, too. I do get that. hundred percent. hundred percent. Because between that and fucking Jewel out of nowhere, I totally get these guys be like, well, what the fuck is going on right now? Well, it wasn't just Jewel. It was, you had Cheryl Crow. Alanis Morissette. Alanis Morissette. But the thing was, any time, and, and the movie touches on this, I, and we actually have to talk more about the movie instead of my own experience, but the... It was it was just a wild and it was I mean it fit the nineties. This is how the nineties felt, you know, the attitude era, you know, just like new metal, new that metal whole was attitude. Popular. Yeah, it was the shit. And just any time any female act was on stage, and they showed this during the Yes. Like they, uh, who they was showed it? a clip of Rosie Perez coming out to oh, do an that's introduction what it was. and instantly and, and, show your tits. Show it's like instant. And she tries to but, laugh it off, but they just keep going. No, and it wouldn't stop. And I remember, like, from... Th- so they show in the movie, there's, like, this bus van type thing where they're just getting girls to stand on top of it and pop their tops. And as a 17-year-old kid, like, it's I... It's the best day of your life, of course. I discovered this van and, yeah. and was like, holy shit, like, I'd never want to leave this spot. Like, what? You know, it's like... It's like the episode of Friends where uh, Chandler and Joey realize they have the porn channel and they don't want to shut off their TV because they know if they do, it'll just go. Exactly. (laughs) That's funny. That was the times because we're watching it and we instantly like, oh, yeah, because it's Girls Gone Wild. And then two seconds later, they start talking about Girls Gone Wild and how that was the craziest. Jerry Springer, like those were the things we watched. It was bananas. It was normal shit. It's yeah, that was normal everyday shit. I mean, even think about the differences in WWE programming today. Sure. Like where where you had the Brom panties matches or the the holiday Thanksgiving gravy matches with Stacy Keebler coming out and getting all uh all gravied up. Gravied up. <laughs> <laughs> or like the whipped cream, just like yeah. Miss Kitty popping her top at a pay per view. Yes, you know what I mean? <laughs> like imagine that shit happening today. Like the, I, I feel like there would be a riot. Impossible. Yep. No, it's true. But that was just totally. And that's the. Thing. I'm sure people watch this fucking movie horrified. 
Like, holy shit. I watched the movie going, <laughs> oh, my oh my God. Well, yeah, because I heard it was bad, and then I'm like, wow, it was really bad. This like, don't get me wrong. I, re- I remember being there. It's not like it's blocked out of my memory at all. Like, I remember, like, all the... Oh, it's just a concert. Like, oh, it's a fun concert I went but to. But it's like, looking sure. back at it... And then you think about it. You know, it, like, through, oh, yeah. through a new lens, oh, yeah. and I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I was part of this. Like, <laughs> like I was part of the problem. <laughs> uh, so Gomez, uh, get into some specifics about the movie. What what kind of things stood out to you about the movie as someone who didn't attend the show? Well, I gotta I gotta say one of my I, I enjoyed the movie because it's always interesting to see this. Um, I loved Woodstock '99. I it was on pay per view. They talk about how it was a big deal. They were gonna put it on pay per view, and uh, <clears throat> back then. I won't say all of us, but most of us had illegal cable boxes where you just flip the thing in the back and you enjoy your pay-per-views. So, of course, I watched this pay-per-view and I even recorded it and I, I wore the shit out of it. That corn performance, that's one of my favorite performances. It was awesome. So, Woodstock 99 was my shit because I'm the new metal kid, okay? I still listen to it. XM Turbo, Channel 41, plays all new metal shit. It's like... The best thing ever. I love being in the car, just listening to my shit. So I'm watching this movie, and I'm like, yeah, look at this awesome band. And then they're just shitting on the band. And I'm like, look at this awesome band. And they're shitting on the band. And basically, new Metal was the worst thing to ever happen, apparently, watching this movie. And I got to say, fuck you, bro. Come on now. That shit slaps. Limp Bizkit is popular the, for a reason. Yes, and the movie... Really does kind of blame. I mean, doesn't not kind of. It's white people and new metal. That's the problem with Woodstock '99, according to this movie. Now, white people have become a problem throughout the times. Yes, there's lots of problems. Sure. And and you know what's funny was as I was watching the movie and I would look whenever they would show like the long crowd shots, I'd go, "Wow, that's an awful lot of white people in one place." Oh my god, it was so it's true. And then the one guy's talking with, about like a DMX album. They're singing along, saying every yeah. word. And it's like, well, there's uh, one black person here. I wonder how he felt about yeah, this right? moment right here. <laughs> but it's true. Looking at that crowd, it's a lot of white people. So, you know, I get it. But come on, new metal. Bastards. Now, Bullshit. The, like I said, I wasn't there camping, but what was a major problem was for the people who were the the shower facilities were awful it almost looked like a prison shower i couldn't even imagine but like really like when you go to woodside like what do you Uh, think the shower the shower situations it's gonna be a disaster yes now would i have planned on taking a shower had i been camping there probably not just change your clothes, some fucking deodorant, and just hope you don't fucking read. Correct. A hundred percent. But at the end of the day, everyone fucking smells. Yes. So yeah. really, you're amongst it's, it's friends at that deal. point. <laughs> um, yes. Like the overcharged water. You and I talked about this the other day where you said one of the yes, things that, that was, stood out to you. <laughs> it was one of the funniest things was the outrage over $4 water because... We go to concerts all the time. Four dollar water—that's that's nothing. That's that's the norm. That's that's no big deal. But you said back then this is one of the first times so they they whipped this. I shit remember out. showing up to that show, and now at that point I'm going to events all the time, whether it's Mets games, concerts, what whatever the case may be, and 
like I remember walking in and seeing the price a four dollar bottle of Poland Spring and going, what the fuck? Like, like just like mind oh, blown. <laughs> <laughs> that someone could have the audacity to charge four dollars for a bottle of water. I remember that. Like it was insane. So Absolutely insane. And because of that, a lot of people just wouldn't buy water. They brought up that beer cost the same amount of money. Yes. So what are you gonna do? Buy a beer or buy exactly. a water? You gonna and, buy- and the thing was they were supposed to have like uh Drinkable water sinks or... Pl- it's supposed to have, like, fountains yes, and shit, Where right? you could yeah. go and fill up your bottle and whatever. But during the course of the weekend and almost the, almost immediately, in all honesty... Seems like it. <laughs> people, because of the lack of usable porta-potties that became overflowed, overfilled way too quickly... The these uh these fountains were kind of in the vicinity of the bathrooms and they were in these dirt areas and very quickly they turned into mud areas and it wasn't just mud, mud. <laughs> and I knew it yeah, then mud. I knew it. Thank you. I'm so happy because Kelly said, I want you to ask Joe. He had to know that that was not mud because it's right by the fucking port. What are we doing? I, I we knew then, like <laughs> we went out of our way. Like if we were walking around, we went out of our way to kind of walk out, like take the scenic route to be away from that area because oh, it stunk. It was it it was obviously got, it must have been it horrific. was obviously oh. shit and piss, and these people. We're like diving in it, <laughs> fucking playing be, be, in it, bro. And diving, was, rubbing it on their yeah, face. Because <laughs> for the people who, you know, obviously, barely anyone who attended this one was old enough to have attended the original Woodstock sure. in '69. We've all seen the videos and stuff. But yeah. not only that, in '94, there's like I would say probably one of the most famous oh, scenes yes. from the '94 Woodstock. Down the mud. Well, is Green Day getting into the mud fight with the crowd where they're just throwing mud at each other because it was pouring rain all weekend. Now, let me tell you about 99. It did not rain. (laughs) It's not like it rained and these dirt areas got muddy. No, it didn't. That's not what happened. And people also taking baths, like in water fountain areas. Like full on soap and water, like scrubbing. Like, what are you doing? Because the promoters are like, we had plenty of places to get free water. You just had to look for it. And it's like, yeah, okay, bro. Just on. insane. And now the one thing we've kind of tiptoed around, or not tiptoed around, but haven't brought up yet, a lot of sexual harassment. Yes. Well, this is something that happens at pretty much every concert you go to. You you get the people that don't know how to act once a, a lady likes to crowd yes. surf. You know, it's open invitation to, to grope and stuff. And so now imagine uh, times 100 with these fucking idiots. My Yo, goodness. These poor I girls. will... I will tell you straight out, if a woman was crowd surfing at Woodstock 99, she was having her clothes torn from her as she got, it was, and now, listen, I'm a horned up 17 year old at the time, but even then I'm going, okay, this is fucked up. And that kind of shit was, I mean, it was just, it was everywhere. It was absolutely everywhere. And like I said, you had 
you had girls popping off their tops everywhere. As we all know, that doesn't mean you can just go and touch. Yes. The one girl, the one girl took a top off, so it means everyone has to take the top off, and every girl is uh, allowed to be touched now. You tits around, you know. And, and the one thing from this movie too, the the one of the promoters of the show is like, well, I don't know what they expected if they're gonna walk around naked, and I was like, wait, wait what? <laughs> Some people shouldn't say things like. <laughs> I gotta say, one of the problems. With the uh, with the show with the documentary, uh, the guys, there's really no accountability for the promoters. It's all basically it's these white guys and it's this music that did it. It's not these guys did a piss poor job of setting this. No, thing up. and it's it, never on correct. Them. And it was everything from something as simple as water, the bathroom situation, uh, the cleaning situation. Nothing went right. I mean, the only thing that went right was. The music, basically. Like, the music was good. The sound was good. And that's about it. It's and, it's, you know, like the security guy says, he's like, basically, they were just looking for anyone who was breathing and could stay awake long enough to be like, yeah, I uh, filled in the bubble on this test. Now I'm security. But that, that's anyone's security. Like, really. What do you think is, is work in security all these places? It's people like us, yeah. Joe, working carnival yeah, security. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> But, you know, I at one point was a licensed security guard, so I have... Uh, professional training in this area but it was like there there was no i mean it was this air force base was like an island that wasn't part of the united states it did not like and and i felt it then it was not subjected to the normal laws of civilization for that weekend it there there was no police there was no like troopers there like i said the the peace patrol as they were called were just dudes in t-shirts who wanted to come see the show for free were people walking around or were they just like uh at certain spots they were, like did i you don't see many security? i don't remember seeing them walking around i remember seeing them like as you walked in they would kind of check you and take they would like if you were bringing water they would take it from you at the door Yes, that was definitely <laughs> they, they made a point to show that, that was definitely a thing. But then, like, I think the second day we realized, hey, if we go through this lane, we should be good with like getting around security and not getting checked. So we had gone out and bought like a bunch of a bunch of drinks, waters and sodas and whatever else and just loaded up our backpacks and ended up walking right in. Um, you literally might have had the best Woodstock 99 experience. I, I got to say, like. you know, un until the end. <laughs> um, you know, because I wasn't living in shit. Um, I, I really was just kind of there hanging out with my friends and enjoying the music and seeing a lot of the bands that I really wanted to see. Rage Against the Machine was one of my favorite bands at the time. I and I had just gotten to see them like a month before at a show at Jones Beach in Long Island and I got to see them again. Limp Biscuit was huge at the time and I was going to ask how was how was Limp Biscuit cuz that's where things started getting a little a little okay, crazy. Okay, so Limp Biscuit was being in that crowd was I have never felt anything like that at any show I've been to. And now take into account, while I may not be such a music guy now, I used to go to no, tons and time. tons of concerts. Yeah. Especially, week, I was going to say, especially when I worked in the city, I would go to a minimum of one show a week. You know, because we had 
the Roseland Ball. We lived Ball. in New York. There was always something. We lived in yeah, New York. Always something we, going we on. Had, we had Irving Plaza. We had the Roseland Ballroom. We had the Hammerstein. We had arena shows. We had club shows. Yep. Like, you, you, there was always a show to go to if for any kind of music that you liked. And I would take advantage of that as best as I could. Yeah. The Limp Bizkit show, holy, they're set. It, I didn't feel like I had control of my body. You were just pressed so tight to the person in front of you with the person behind you pressed against you. Like It was like being on the subway. Just moving in waves. And the, like, the whole crowd moved in a wave. And yeah. it was just like, <laughs> yes. it was absolutely insane. But during that set, I don't know what caused it or triggered it or whether it was just some, you know, like a handful of people being fucking buffoons. They started ripping down... Um, like a tower or something. Yes, right? like they had like these painted wood panels, like making up the tower, and they started getting like ripped down, and you know, and people were like crowd surfing on them or like standing on them, and like, and it was like, you know, at the time you're like, wow, this is fucking wild. Like I never felt like I didn't feel unsafe in the moment. Sure, in the, in the moment, yeah, I get it. But like, you're just like, whoa, what's going? Yeah, on? Yeah, like wow, this yeah. is fucking insane. And Limp Bizkit, I'm sitting there going. This, these, these guys are fucking killing it. King of the world, bro. They you know, I will say this. The Limp Bizkit was the second best uh, set that I saw that weekend. There's only one band that I thought was better than Limp Bizkit that I saw. And Gomez, this is another one of your all-time favorite bands. Metallica? No, that was one of the worst sets I've ever seen. I could, I, oh, really? I after that, I was like, I never have to see Metallica again. <laughs> oh, that's sad. It was, it's the one and only time I've seen Metallica. And after that, I was like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> the wo- what was number one? One of your all-time favorites, Creed. Oh, yeah. I've seen Creed live. They were good. They killed it, huh? Creed came out, fucking killed it. Uh, they they brought out the guy from the Doors who was wearing an Undertaker T-shirt. <laughs> That's funny. But like they were like really good. I was like, wow, this. And don't get me wrong, like there there weren't like really a lot of bands that I thought sucked or anything. Like I enjoyed Cheryl Crow. I El- Elvis Costello, I had fun with. Yes, it's, it's that's a cool person to like take off your list. Like, oh, that was cool. I got to see Elvis Costello. I get that. Like I, I like Jewel, so I was happy that I got a chance to see Jewel because that was the only, that's been the only time I ever, I've ever seen her live. So like that was kind of cool looking back. Um, I did not get to see Offspring, and and they were one of my favorite bands at the time, but they were on the other stage and I couldn't see that far. So, oh, what nice. what Woodstock will be remembered for is how it ended, Gomez. Oh boy. In a ball of flames. Full on riot, bro. <laughs> it looked pretty fucking crazy. That was like the powder keg just finally caught a light. Like you could almost see it coming throughout the whole weekend. That people bring it up in the documentary. They 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 talk about this just this this feeling over over the course of the weekend like just ready to erupt and uh it did. Honestly, it it was the price of water. It was like if you wanted a T-shirt, like I mean, at the at the time, like we don't think nothing of going to a show and paying over inflated inflated prices. That's kind of the deal. Yes. But everything at this time 
was just so expensive. And you got to remember too, it's they're not all to, it's not just the promoters to blame, it's the era. This was like everything was fucking extreme, extreme violence, extreme sexuality, extreme everything. You were, you know, like South Park was an extreme cartoon, you know. Yes. Everything was to this next level across the line and put everything together and then on top of that the entire weekend all you're hearing as you walked around was that there's going to be some big surprise to close out the show oh god <laughs> and people were saying guns and roses that's where they were finally going to get back crazy together back then. people were saying pearl jam there were a ton of rumors guns and roses was the one i remember hearing the most it was like yo this is going to be it. Like Guns N' Roses is going to come out. They're finally going to have their reunion and they're going to play fucking Woodstock. They're going to be the headliner. And then I forget who the, I, Oh, it was the red hot chili peppers. So the red hot chili peppers quote unquote closed. Yes. It. There was another one after. Yes. No, I don't think there was. I thought there was there something. Well, Megadeth was on yes, at Megadeth, the other stage. Yes, was the last. Yes, Megadeth but like, was the end. Then on the they main stage, suck. I'll just have to say that. <laughs> Fuck Megadeth. Oh my god, terrible. We we, we got to get into your hate for Dave Mustaine. It's fucking terrible, bro. They that clip they played. I was like, who would like? It's the last song. Let's go. And he played the fucking corniest, most terrible song. I'm like, this is the closer. Fuck you, Megadeth. I got to be honest with you. I've never been a Megadeth fan. I, I know <laughs> I people are, but I never understood it. Never. What, whatever. <laughs> but, yeah, so, yes, technically so, they closed. But, no, Red Hot Chili Peppers was the last big. The so, big it's the Chili Peppers. And then, like, you're you're still, everyone's still waiting. Like, you're waiting for, like, okay, like, what really is it going to be? And they just played a recording of Jimi Hendrix yes. playing the national anthem. Yes. And people had already started uh, getting a little aggressive at that point. You were starting to see people um, kind of rip down um, merchandise stands and concession stands. And then, like, like, at that point, I just remember, like, seeing this whole wave of people go... You gotta be fucking kidding me! And just like start trashing anything they could get their hands on. They showed and earlier in the weekend, uh, the, or the day they were handing out candles for some kind yeah. of. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know about that. Yeah, I was like, oh boy, so that that didn't help. <laughs> so I didn't know about that until seeing the movie. But it was like some not for profit. They yeah. wanted to do like a candlelight vigil yes. for some good cause. <laughs> And, you know, the Uh-oh. best laid plans of mice and men, as they say on the streets. You had good intentions, bro. But I remember I um, I did find my pictures that I do have from Woodstock. I remember buying a disposable camera there the first day. And uh, whatever pictures I do have left over, I have pictures of overturned cars. I have pictures of um, just small fires. I remember seeing people steal propane tanks from the concession stands and then, like, blowing them up. Interesting. And, like. I remember like running because I saw them about to blow up propane tanks, you know, and I'm 17. I'm yeah, kind of, I'm, you know, and, and no one has a cell phone at this point. 
Yes, they brought so, that up, that if you lost your friend, you probably weren't going to see them again for the rest of the weekend. Which no, and, and that was a real thing. About. Like, we we always had, like, designated meeting spots. Yes, I would hope that people did that. That's So, insane. you know, and, you know, like, when I say I was 17, my friends were only 18. It's not like yes. they were, you know, older Adults. than me. And, yeah. But, you know, so we had, like, designated meeting spots, but then, like, you couldn't even get there because like now you had to be wary of like what you were walking into in what direction you were walking. And like I said, I remember seeing a whole group of people overturn like a Volkswagen and then like people toppling stands and grabbing merchandise. And then like, I would kind of go through and grab a shirt and some keychains uh, after the crowd had dispersed a little bit. Um, it was like in the moment, I don't want to say like I was afraid for my life. I, I wasn't. Like, I knew, like, shit was going, you know, south real quick. But it was just, like, it was almost like an out-of-body experience. Like, you're just you're just moving. Like, you see stuff going on, you move to the opposite direction. You see something going on there, you move to the next, you know, quadrant or whatever. Like, you just kept moving and tried to stay away from it. No one was, like, actively coming at you. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get that. Unless you were, like, running the show, I guess. Or... Like, I, I can't imagine being, a, like, a concession worker at that point and having a fucking angry group come up and give us your $4 waters. Can you man? But fucking take this shit, bro. Bro, like, uh, I'm just a fucking volunteer. Take all the water you want. <laughs> I ain't getting paid enough to stand in this fucking sun. Hear these bands I don't like. Get out of here. Did, did you see the one clip in the movie where, like, someone... Ripped open like a refrigerated truck and they just started throwing frozen pretzels all over. <laughs> wow, that's it's crazy. Like I said, I, I always knew it was crazy, but seeing this documentary was like, whoa, it was really crazy. That was uh wow. I'm you t- know, and I remember getting back to the I, I don't want to say hotel, it wasn't really a hotel, but it was the room. Yeah. We get back there and we all had like merch but. that we had taken from. So we we had like Woodstock keychains, Woodstock condoms, Woodstock history books, Woodstock t-shirts. We had, I mean, like we were just grabbing shit because like, why not? It, but it was just like, it was surreal. And I remember like, because now you got to remember, you're, you don't have a cell phone. Your family knows where you are. And now they're turning on the news at 10 o'clock at night. And they're seeing fucking, you know, Griffiths Air Force Base on fire. It's true. And they're going, oh, my God, like, what the fuck? I don't know how many people died that weekend. Um, I don't, Well, during the riots, I should say, I don't know. I don't know how many people died. I know people had died from heat exhaustion and other things. Um, But, like, I, I remember, like. We all like made like a thing where like we all have to call home as soon as possible. So I believe we had stopped at like this gas station where we were picking up food and we all took turns using the payphone there. Everybody had like a phone card at the time. Those were a big thing back phone in 99. Oh my God. Phone cards. Wow. <laughs> so I remember like it was like 11 o'clock at night and I'm calling home. I'm, I'm, I remember like my mom screaming at me, not because she was mad because you woke was, like, her up. <laughs> but no, she was. She was happy that I called. Oh, okay. Yes, that's very yeah. good of you to call. I'm very surprised you did that. Good boy, Joe. Like, <laughs> you know, like, like I said, at no point was I like in fear of my life, but like you knew shit was bad. Yes. 
you know, it's not like it's not like uh, when you think of a riot, like people with weapons are coming coming yes. at you. You know what I mean? Like where you're the target. Like so, it was never anything like that. You know, it, I, at no point was I fearful that anyone was out to hurt me. But I knew that in the situation, I could be hurt. Well, we're glad you're safe, bro. <laughs> I think the world, <laughs> the world made out like a bandit because I was able to stay alive just another 21 years. Oh, so definitely uh, check out this documentary because it is wild. HBO Max, Peace, Love, and Rage. Oh, my yeah, goodness. Yeah, it's so... Like, and I know a lot of people are going to watch this and... It does not hold up well. They, but the time does not hold up well. Yes. But you, but you know what? We said that in the '90s. We said that about, uh, that about the '70s. Like, oh, look at Archie Bunker. Like, uh, you can't act like that anymore. And now we look back at the '90s and go, how how the fuck did we allow these people to function in a society like this? Oh yes. <laughs> function. We live in a society, bro. We live in a society. <laughs> Suicide Squad comes out this week, Joe. You excited? Um, Supposed to be good. I'm excited. I don't want to say I'm not excited, but I don't want to say I'm excited. Sure. I, I have te- tempered excitement. Uh, I want to see what James Gunn does with these characters, and I want to see my double main men. I got multiple men in this one. My man John Cena and then Castle... Nathan Fillion. But yes, he's in there, folks. It's a double dose there. (laughs) So I'm I'm excited. I'm excited. I'll watch it. I'm definitely going to watch it. And that's something we can talk about. But we did, Gomez, watch a a new release movie this week, didn't we? Yes. The big release uh, this past week was on Disney Plus and in theaters. It starred The Rock and Emily Blunt talking about Jungle Cruise, bro. Jungle Cruise, Disney decided, you know what? We have a lot of interactive experiences to our credit. And what could be better than making a film summary of our 16th most favorite attraction at Walt Disney World? I was going to say, do people like this ride? (laughs) I don't think so. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) When I saw Jungle Cruise and The Rock... I didn't put together that this was a Disney movie based on a shitty ride that you only go on. If I'm not mistaken, you only go on this ride because if the days get long, you get to sit down for 15 minutes while on the fucking boat. (laughs) That does sound like a good ride. You need that ride every once in a while. (laughs) That's like they have that Hall of Presidents. Like, you think anybody actually wants to go see the fucking Hall of Pre... Oh, I'm James K. Polk. (laughs) No one gives a fuck about you, James K. Polk. Nobody. Zachary Taylor, sit your ass down, my man. No one gives a shit. We are just there to enjoy the air conditioning and the cushioned seats for 15 minutes because it's been a long fucking day of walking and I'm getting all my goddamn steps in today. They had such great success with Pirates of the Caribbean, so I mean, why not, right? <laughs> I listen. I can't even shit on that because 
when they did make Pirates of the Caribbean, I was definitely one of the people saying, are you fucking kidding me, bro? Of course. Like, Everyone you know, did. I, we all did. And the first movie came out, and it was good. And we were like, what? But no. It was that really was, good. That was like a, everyone. everyone said that. That was a movie that got popular with word of mouth. Because once you heard, no, really, this is a, a great Johnny Depp performance. Like, oh, okay. But no. Well, I mean, with Jungle Cruise, that is something no one will have to worry about. <laughs> what are you talking about? We're going to get five sequels, just like Pirates, bro. We're gonna Listen, I, I out. don't doubt. I don't doubt for one second that we're going to get sequels. <laughs> but I do not think we have to worry about this movie becoming an overnight behemoth at the box office because of word of mouth. I don't know. You don't think uh, little kids would like this this movie? No. You don't think it's like the mummy for this generation? No. <laughs> Yo, the mummy's so fucking good. The mummy's great. Let's go see the mummy again. So good, man. Uh, you know, Jungle Cruise. Uh, you know, it's okay. It's about uh. Go, yeah, I was gonna say, Gomez, <laughs> tell tell us a little bit about Jungle Cruise. It's about a cruise in the jungle. Uh, the That's rock- all I know. <laughs> Nothing else about this movie made any fucking sense. The Apparently, there's boat. fucking centuries-old pirates. That gets sucked into the weeds if they get too close to the edges of the walls. And then at some point someone has a diamond that can unlock a magic flower that does it could change, nothing. It could change history. Medical history could be changed with this flower, bro. Uh. <laughs> so I'm guessing, Joe, you didn't like this movie. <laughs> Listen, I love The Rock. I love Dwayne Johnson. And I went into this going... You know what? I bet this movie's gonna surprise me. Because The Rock doesn't make bad movies. And then 15 minutes in, you're like, This motherfucker made Doom! I knew it! I knew he was still pulling this fucking bullshit. The Rock is... I gotta say, The Rock is the biggest action star. And he's probably been in, what, two good movies? Action movies? Like... This man has lived off of just the charisma that oozes off of him because the man, he doesn't pick good movies, man. Arnold, Stallone, they had their terrible shit, but they also had some bangers. The Rock, where are your bangers, bro? Fast Five has been a long time ago. Like, you know, like that, it gets you thinking, like, what? Because I'm like, I'm a Rock fan, like, but, but do I? Why? Am I really a rock? Yeah, but why? <laughs> it's you know we've always loved them, so I was just. It's, it's, it's like that him. Ryan Reynolds gif when he pulls off the surgical <laughs> mask and he just leans in and he goes, <laughs> "But why?" Uh, it's true when you because, if you look think about it. Name name your favorite rock movie. The Rundown. Uh, that's the Rundown is great from two thousand three. <laughs> Is that a long time ago? It's almost 20 years ago. Oh, my God. It's crazy. He he doesn't pick the best things. I don't I don't blame him for picking this kind of movie. This seems like a, it's a no-brainer. It's a family action movie. And, you know, maybe we're just a little uh, old for uh, it. Jumanji. Jumanji Jumanji's was fun. Good. Yes, Jumanji. Jumanji surprised us. So maybe that's why you thought Jungle Cruise would surprise you. You were thinking of Jumanji again. 
Maybe I was. Because Jumanji surprised me. I wasn't expecting I mean. to like that. No, who would who would think Jumanji was going to be good? And it was. The okay. second one, not so much. Gomez, we're going to play a little game right now. You ready? Oh, here we go. What are we playing? We're playing the IMDB oh, game. For The Rock? This is going to be impossible. Gomez, oh, tell me geez. the top four roles listed on The Rock's IMDB page. Is Jungle Cruise on there? Because sometimes they slide the new one. Jungle Cruise is not okay. on there. All right. So I'm going to go Hobbs and Shaw. No. Okay. <laughs> uh, what is The Rock? Um, what has he been in? Skyscraper, Doom. What the fuck? Be cool. Like, I'm trying to think. What the fuck with this guy? I'm going to say, um, I'm going to say Fast Five. No. What, what the fuck is on this list? <laughs> That's why we're playing this game, Gomez. Holy shit. Oh, I'm trying to, like, what's uh, the other guys? Like, what the fuck? Nope. <laughs> I'll give you. Is any Fast and the Furious movies on there? Is it like seven on there? Eight? No. 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 Okay, that's really interesting. This is a really one of them. One of them is a movie that neither of us have mentioned, but like we really should have. Um, one of them is a movie we have already mentioned, and the other two are movies that no one should ever mention. Is one of them like some dramatic thing that we no one's gonna talk about? Like is like no, no, okay. no. Wow, this is uh... <laughs> so. No one should mention Gridiron Gang. No, <laughs> I'm pulling out some rock movies, bro. I, I can't believe I know these many rock movies. I'm actually surprised at myself because now, okay. now that I'm naming these movies, I'm like, why do I like The Rock for real? Now I'm talking about it. And well, I'll tell you what. Knowing what movies are on this list isn't going to help. <laughs> because at, at number one, it's a movie we both just said we liked. Jumanji. Jumanji, all right, sure. Then somehow we get to number two. Is, and I just, is there a, I, a I do not I just... know why this movie is here, but it's Journey to the Mysterious Island. So oh Journey to the Center of the Earth Part God, 2. God, I forgot about that movie. Is Fighting With My Family on there? No, it is not. Wow, what the now, num- fuck? Number three is the movie I think we both should have gotten, but we don't think about it because it's animated. What the fuck is The Rock in that sand? You just blew my mind now. The Rock's in an animated movie? What? Moana. Oh, my God. Yes, he is. <laughs> yes. That. Yes. No, but that definitely, yes. That should be on there. Moana. That should absolutely be on there. Yes. But like I said, we're thinking of like no, action movies, thinking, comedy you, movies. You we cartoon, didn't think animated. Like, what the fuck? No. Um, yeah. Yes, Moana. Okay. And now number four. This is one of the worst movies I have ever seen. I hate this movie with every fiber of my being. Why this movie would possibly be in what he's known for is beyond me. G.I. Joe Retaliation. What? This is why the IMD Big Game is the best because it never makes sense. It's always fun to try to guess. And G.I. Joe Retaliation 
is something I would have never guessed. Even if I thought of it, why the fuck would that be on the list? Amazing. It is, and uh, and of course because I just saw Snake Eyes recently, and people have been asking me. Tell hey, us about Snake Eyes, Joe. Give us it a sucks. quick rundown. Don't see it. Don't see it. And someone actually just reached out to me yesterday to say, uh, I should have listened to you because I was I was on Boozing with the Toys with the Major Wrestling Figure podcast last week. And I told people, I said, do not subject yourself or anyone you love to this movie. And this woman and her husband did not listen to me. And they went and they saw it and they said, we should have listened to you because now we just wasted our money. And I said, I said, don't. Say that I didn't warn you because I did gave you the heads up and people have been asking me how bad is this movie in comparison to the other two live action G.I. Joe movies that have come out with, you know, in this generation. Yeah, that's good. Uh, to know. Yes. How, how would you do that? It's it's awful. So uh, it's the, last one. Jo- <laughs> the other ones are better. That's I'll bad. tell you what. <laughs> G.I. Joe bad, Retaliation bro. and Snake Eyes are really up there oh, for God. really <laughs> shitty movies. They make G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra look like Casa fucking Blanca compared to the other two. Remember that Joseph, Joseph Gordon-Levitt was Cobra? <laughs> yeah, he was, he was Cobra Commander. Oh, boy, that was interesting. And Channing Tatum is Duke. That's okay. And, then Ch- <laughs> I, and I'll tell you what, with, with G.I. Joe Retaliation, the opening 20 minutes where it has The Rock as Roadblock and, and Channing Tatum as Duke is actually somewhat enjoyable because they have good chemistry together. But then they didn't want to pay Channing Tatum, so they kill him, so he's not in that... Yeah, he's not in as many scenes. And then right after that, the movie goes completely downhill. Oh, my... I remember they killed him. We were like, what the fuck? Just... Well, and that movie got postponed by like a year because they were constantly having to do reshoots because it was bombing with test audiences. Uh, so I have, but, I, but I yeah, somehow to that I movie sneaks into movies. number four on IMDb yeah. movies for The Rock. That's wild! Wow, that's just I love it. Yep. Well, like I said, I, I listened to you. I have not seen Snake Eyes because you said not to. So I'll wait for it to well, come out on VOD or something, Netflix. I'll watch it eventually, maybe. So like the martial thing arts. Is, maybe that's if a cool you've scene. ever been, you know what? If you're just like a martial arts ninja karate movie fan. Maybe you'll like this, but if you're a G.I. Joe fan, yeah, this is not the movie for you because right off the bat, like the whole point about Snake Eyes is that he's kind of mysterious and you know a little bit about him, but not enough. And here, you know his whole thing and he's only Snake Eyes at like they call him Snake Eyes throughout the movie, but like then he gets his costume at the end after he's. He's really the bad guy in the movie, and Storm Sh- like by the they flip the roles where like Storm Shadow takes Snake Eyes into like his home and his family to give him a purpose and something to live for, and like Snake Eyes betrays him, and then because of this, Storm Shadow gets mad and his family basically kicks him out for being mad, and that's when he joins Cobra because now he needs a new family. He's mad, so Cobra's bad, yeah. right? So there you go. Oh my yeah, and that, now he and now he's sworn revenge on Snake Eyes, who betrayed him and made him mad, but has now been adopted by the family that kicked him out. Sounds like fucking trash, bro. <laughs> uh, because it is. 
Oh. Well, there you go, folks. You want a snake eyes uh, talk? You got it. It's fucking trash. Hey, yeah, do not under. Like I said, if you value your life, and I think you should, we need you here. Um, take care of yourselves. Do not see snake eyes. Love the people that you love, and don't allow them to see snake eyes either. Uh, <laughs> uh, Gomez, why don't we hit a little music? All right. Are you a man? A double main man? Are you a man? A triple main man? A man, man, man? A quadruple main man? Are you a man? Are you a man? Alright, Joseph. Let's wrap up this uh, Jungle Cruise talk. Yeah, Jungle Cruise. Where does it fall? On your main man rankings. I do not understand this movie. I do not understand the story. I do not understand the purpose, the motivations, why it needed to be made. And because of that, I'm only going to go one and a half main men. Hmm. I'm going to give it. So I don't hate it as much as Joe, but it's, it's not very good either. But I, and it's not like The Rock has this tour de force performance where he's like really charming or really funny. Like he's okay. Like he's doing regular rock very, shit, but it's not like it's very paint by numbers action. Like it hits all the beats you think it's going to hit. Like it's very like I bring up the mummy jokingly, but it hits all the beats as the mummy, but just doesn't do them as well. But it's the, it's the same kind of thing. Uh, I'm going to give it a... Uh, Two main men. That's two. All right, so Maybe we're in the same ballpark then. It's not I'm like feeling generous because I don't think it's terrible. Yeah, I, I think that's I a little if too I'm generous. Feeling generous, but you know, it's it's fine. It's it's fine for uh, I think the younger kids will get a kick out of some of the hijinks. <clears throat> I mean, you given that two and a half main men. I mean, that's like when Ebenezer Scrooge wakes up on Christmas feeling generous and he lets Bob Cratchit have the day off. Like, it's like, oh, I don't know if you really need to go that far. You know, he is fucking lazy and he does need to work. He needs the hours, obviously. He's poor. It's two hours. I didn't hate anything. You know, so that, that's why I, I could go up, really, if I wanted to, because I didn't hate it. I didn't love anything about it. Like, there's nothing to love at all. Like, I mean, really, nothing there, to really love. There really is nothing to love. No. But. Yeah, there's some things to like, and uh, I like Emily Blunt. I'm a fan of her work. Uh, Paul Giamatti does nothing. He like is there to yeah. ham it up for a few minutes, but at the end, I mean, I don't want to say he does nothing because he does cash a check at the end. <laughs> you know, uh, so yeah, two and a half of being generous, but you know, it's okay. I wouldn't pay the thirty dollars because it's not. It's on. Uh, it's on Disney Premier, correct? You got to pay 30 bucks for this thing. Or is it free on Disney? Uh, yeah. I, no, no. You definitely have to pay for it. I thought it was 20 Oh, bucks, maybe though. it's 20 Okay. But still, you know. But still, maybe you shouldn't buy it because you don't want The Rock to sue Disney next. <laughs> How does Disney not take care of that beforehand? Like, come on. Unbelievable. Like, the, I, for Disney to make that mistake. It's because and I, they I, think people are going to be against her because, oh, the millionaire's crying for more millions. Like, yeah, but you signed the contract. You signed the contract, bro. Like, come on. Exactly. Like, I got no problem with Scarlett Johansson suing Disney. Yeah. 
Like, go get your it's money, what girl. She's old. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong. Like, I get it. Oh, 50 million is not good enough. Yeah, I get that. But at the same time, if you signed up for something and you ain't getting what you're old, I mean, you'd be upset. So it's just. Gomez, let me ask you a question. What's better, 50 million or 60 million? 60, of course. I think 60 million is better. So if if I already had 50 in the bank, but if certain uh, benchmarks were hit that could have me making that extra 10 to get to 60, I would like to see those benchmarks be hit without being sabotaged by the company that's trying to withhold money from me. Yeah, and uh, Emma Stone is also now doing it because Cruella was released on Disney. So Yeah, to me, this is the equivalent of like a sports team having a player who gets a bonus if if he pitches like a hundred innings, yeah. and so they and sit they, him down. They decide to not put him yeah. in the game at the you know the end of he the season. A, that way he doesn't hit. He has it. a no hitter going, and they're like, "Yeah, we're just gonna sit you in this last inning so you don't get your bonus here." Yeah, exactly. So come on, anyone who's who's taking the side of Disney, just stop. Yeah, stop. D- Disney can afford to pay. Black Widow, an extra ten million bucks, or however much it is that she's owed based on her contract. All right, Joe, it's uh, we're running out of time on this show, so I think I should hit some music, don't you? Let's do it. It is now time for the big finish. All right, Joseph. Got a big finish for us today. Play off of oh, man. Uh, Woodstock talk. Today's big finish. Top three concert merch. I want to know the top three best things you ever got at a concert, Joseph. Oh, wow. This is a hard one. <laughs> Here we go. Um, should we also add like just any event? Should it just be like music event? Should it be like well, a sporting I'm just thinking event? of concerts, I'm and I have the first thing that pops into my head was I, I saw Andrew WK on my 21st birthday, and I bought the T-shirt. It was a black T-shirt, and just his face with the nosebleed on it. That's definitely on my list. I still to this day love Andrew WK, and I am so happy to see him and my girl Kat <laughs> Dennings get engaged. This is the couple I've wanted to cheer for my entire life. What a random couple that came out of nowhere that has stolen our hearts. Has captured the hearts of America. The official couple of the Card Jomez podcast. Andrew W. Cat. Ooh, did it have like a cute name? I just said it. Andrew W. Cat. That's a long name, though. <laughs> I just made it up. It's great. Okay. I, I, I do like it. I just, I didn't know if they had something official. We can roll with that. That's all right. Uh, uh, my number two piece of merch at the Roseland Ballroom, I believe I was seeing the Bloodhound Gang. I went downstairs by the coat check bathroom area, and there was someone selling pins, and I bought a small pin button type mechanism, and it said, I fuck sheep. And I thought that was clever, and I thought I needed to have it, and I bought it. So it was one dollar. That was a good purchase. I really don't buy a lot of merch at shows. I've never been a big merch guy. 
stuff I want, but it's like $40 for a t-shirt, so I'm just like, oh my goodness. Concert was Dysfunctional Family Picnic number three. And it was uh, our local radio station, K Rock, New York City, would put on this concert every year with some of the, the top acts. I had one tickets that year off like a call in thing that they did. And one of the bands I wanted to see was the opening band, the little known at the time, Blink 182. And before the show, I went and bought their new CD that was entitled Enema of the State. And after their performance, they were going to go sign autographs. So I decided to go get it signed right there after they opened the show. So I went and bought this CD. I waited in a line of about 15 people who wanted to meet Blink-182. And I got Mark, Tom, and Travis to sign my copy of Enema of the State. That is awesome. That's awesome. I'm hoping to, by the time you hear this in your ear holes, I would hopefully have been to the Mega Hellator at City Field, uh, Weezer, Fall Out Boy, and Green Day. Um, oh, you're going to that. I'm always last minute uh, ticket guy on StubHub because life is crazy. Uh, but the plans are to go. We have eyes on tickets, and, and we're planning on going. So hopefully it works I actually out. just saw that my cousin Mike and his wife saw went to that show the other day in Miami. Yes, it's coming around. They, they must we, they must be on vacation. I didn't know that, and they just posted a couple pictures, and I was like, oh, that's great. Every time I go on vacation, I'm always looking to see if there's like some concert because that would be the best. Like, oh, look who's playing. Like when I went to get married in Vegas, and Monday Night Raw was there as if I planned it perfectly. <laughs> now I assume you've seen all of these bands at some point. I've over the never past 90 seen years. Weezer, so I'm actually I'm excited to see Weezer. Really? Yes, I've never seen Weezer. I've seen Green Day once. They play with Blink eighty two and Fall Out Boy. I've seen you know seven, eight, nine, ten times, something like that. Fall Out Boy is the band I haven't seen actually. What, Joseph? That's you, yeah. That makes me never sad. seen. Fall- I've I've seen Green Day probably close to ten times. And Weezer, probably about a half a dozen, but never seen Fallout Boy. Oh, baby. Go to this concert when it comes to your town, please. Well, it, it might have passed. It probably oh, passed yes, already if they already did hand. the Florida oh, loop. Oh, yes. God damn. Well, next time Fallout Boy's playing, I'll make sure you go, baby, because you got to see him. It's a good time. <laughs> Speaking of Weezer real fast, um, did you see they did a cover of Metallica Enter Sandman? <laughs> So I saw that they did it. I haven't listened to it yet, but I guess they're doing the whole album. There's like is that because uh, <clears throat> this is an anniversary of the Black Album? I don't know what it's number. the 30th anniversary yeah. of the Black so Album. So they're this re-releasing year. it, and uh, it's like a two disc thing. So like they, I think they're doing a remaster, and then the second album is like a cover. It's like Miley Cyrus is doing a song, Weezer apparently oh. is doing a song, and uh, yeah. So uh, I listened to it, and uh, it's definitely Weezer doing Metallica, and it's just, it's something very weird. It's just very, very weird to hear. Hey, people love when Weezer does covers. They do. And, you know, Weezer, the last album, people people enjoyed the last album. 
The one before it, not so much. But Van Van Weezer, it's got some hits on there. Not hits. Let me stop. Hits. It's got some some good songs. There's no hits. Stop. And now you got to remember, I'm a uh, I'm an admitted Weezer apologist. So I uh, I may not love really a lot of what they've done over the past. I mean, a long time now. But I do tend to be okay with it. I'm like, ah, it's fine. Most Weezer is fine, yes. Especially later Weezer. Obviously, there's good Weezer. The later Weezer's fine. I'm trying to think. I think, because they put out a lot of albums. Like, Weezer got, like, fucking 12 albums. It's, it's kind of crazy. Uh, <laughs> all these bands we grew up with, they never stopped making music. I don't know if, like, I feel like older bands don't have 30 albums. Like, you know, fucking Mudvayne and... These bands, they just never stopped, and uh, I don't know. For Weezer, Mudvayne's still going. No, I meant to say Slipknot. <laughs> Mudvayne's back. Oh, Mudvayne is back. They've they're reunited this year, only doing four shows. So I fucking hate them for that, because it's like, what are we doing? So I was gonna go to Kentucky to see a show. It sold out fast. Plus, it's Kentucky for a weekend. Do I really want to do that? It's just annoying. So I'm a little mad at Mudvayne. I won't say fuck you, Mudvayne, because I love him too much. But you know. I'm mad at you. Come to New York, please. <laughs> Unbelievable. I, I, you have to go to Kentucky to see fucking Mudvayne. Like, and then like Jacksonville. So it's like nothing is close. Like I, everything is a production. And they're only playing festivals also. So oh. like one festival, they're a headliner. Another festival, they're like third from the bottom. You know, like they're, you know, two, three. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. I, I want to see them do the headline, not... You know, two other bands. You know, so it's just I'm I'm, I'm annoyed. Sorry. <laughs> okay. So yeah, uh, that was uh, the cartoon miss for this week. What a big finish. <laughs> we we have become become the kings of the 15 minute big finish. <laughs> yes, we have. I don't even know why I play that music anymore. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, uh, that's our show for this week. We'll be back next week doing the same shit. Talk about everything and anything. Who knows? Yeah, so in the in the meantime, remember to follow us on all the social medias, at Jomez, Twitter and Instagram. You can email us, carjomez at gmail.com. Remember to check out and subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Shoes, or follow me on my personal accounts at the Shoes. I'm the Gomez154 on Twitter. And one of these days, Gomez will even tweet about this show because he's dedicated. I retweet so, stuff. Got to put out hard posts, bro. Hard posts right. from I the will. Gomez. I will. I'll do that later. That, 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 that way the street cred goes up because people will be like, oh, I see Gomez likes this car Jomez joint. Maybe I'll check it out. You know, you're you're an influencer here. You have the potential to, you know, influence people's decision making when it comes to their podcast listening. You're right. I'll do better. <laughs> so good. Follow Gomez. Make sure he tweets about the show and then subscribe to it and tell him that you did it because he told you to. Hashtag Gomez influencer. Remember, anything you want to ask us, tweet to us at Card Gomez and use the hashtag MainManQuery. But until then. Until next time. Peace. One.